Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring, and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Today on the show, I have the honor of talking with Paige Fay. Paige is talking all about regeneration in her new podcast, Regen Circle. I love everything that we talked about in the show. This is one of the things I'm most passionate about. So I think you're going to hear that passion from both of us in this conversation. We're going to talk about how every single thing is connected, how we are so much more connected to our planet and our soil health than we realize. And I love what she's doing using the art of storytelling to tell the stories of regeneration from farmers and ranchers across the globe. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. And if you want to learn more about Region Circle that is launching super soon, be sure to check out the link in the show notes. Without further ado, let's chat with Paige. Welcome to the show, Paige. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you, Caroline. So excited to be here. First, can you tell us just a little bit about you? Sure. I grew up in California. My mom was a chef and I grew up actually part of my childhood on a horse farm and around animals and chickens and food was always a really central part of not just diet, but life as yeah. we were animals and everything else. It's been a big part of my life and it's become a big part of my career. I and I that. still, yeah. And it's still a part of my work and my personal life and how I live. So yeah, that is so fun. I know it's fun because I have kiddos and I think to like my daughter at 30 and what is she going to say about, so my mom really liked to cook. <laughs> Food was life. <laughs> I love that so much. Awesome. So before I'm really excited to talk about your latest venture, Region Circle, but before we get into that, I want to hear more about what you've been up to at Blue Quest and what you do there. Definitely. So I spent almost 12 years working in the food space as what we yeah. call a brand manager, which a lot of it's marketing, but it's also yeah. the center of the wheel for a lot of the activities. So for sure. product innovation and brand strategy, even the financial portion of it. And I worked mm -hmm. with some amazing brands, Udi's Gluten-Free, Purely yeah. Elizabeth, a lot of great products. And before the pandemic, I had wanted to branch out more just from the end supply chain of what we buy at a grocery store yeah. and work really more on the food system side of things. And so I started consulting and got experience working for venture capital firms that were investing in climate tech, all the way to working for functional medicine doctors, um, yeah. like Dr. Jeffrey Bland, that are really focused on holistic human health and supplementation. Yeah. And that kind of turned into Blue Quest. And I brought my partner, Leon, in the last year or so, and we worked together on Udi's and Glutina and have been dear friends. And we've been growing it. And we focus on natural products. We also have a really big focus on regenerative agriculture, both yeah. consumer centric businesses, but also a lot of nonprofits and mm. people in the space that are working directly with farmers and how yeah. to evolve and scale regenerative agriculture. 
Yeah, and which so is it's so been, important. <laughs> yeah, it's been an exciting journey. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. so cool. I know. I feel like one of the questions, anytime I'm in a space like a conference or something, we're talking about regenerative agriculture, a huge question that comes up over and over is how do we scale this and can we? And also, like, how can we make this cheaper, which means we scale it? You know what I mean? And so that's such an mm -hmm. important question in the regenerative agriculture space. And I love that there are people who are working on it because most of the time people are like, I just make the food and other people can figure out how to do this in mass. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about the cost of it too. And the accessibility, mm. we subsidize so much of our food production oh, today. Yeah. And so a lot of the food that we're buying is subsidized and that's not the real cost, let For alone sure. factoring in the environmental and human health cost of how we produce yes. a lot of our food. And so there are so many farmers out there doing incredible work showing that yeah. both small scale and larger scale regenerative agriculture products not only can have better profit for farmers mm. outside of the subsidy space, but they can also provide more resilience because there's greater yeah. diversity yes. and that inherently creates more resilience. And so there's a lot of really promising case studies and people doing incredible work in this space. Yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, and it's so unfair to compare. At the end of the day, consumers looking at their pocketbook, right? And they're thinking like, I can get these seed oil tortilla chips made with subsidized corn, or I can get these siete chips and they're, I don't know, three times more, right? And you feel like you're comparing apples to apples and you're very much not. There's so much that the government puts into a corn tortilla chip that is not put into necessarily a healthier alternative, which stinks, but hopefully that can change too. So it seems like everything you've done has been about improving the health of the world that we live in. And you mentioned your upbringing a little bit, but like how else did you become so passionate about our planet's health? Yeah, I think I was always raised really close to the earth and took it for mm. granted in a lot of ways. Like mm. I got to go get fresh eggs from the chicken coop and the yolks were like super bright and yeah. orange and not yellow, bright orange, right. deep orange and all different colors. And that's just one example. And when I left home and went off on my own when I was 18, I actually moved to New York and I was working in the fashion industry of all things. Yeah. And I got a lot of rude awakenings in that moment. I remember very clearly the first time I went grocery shopping and I bought eggs and I cracked an egg in a skillet and I looked at the color of the yolk and I, I yeah. looked at the package and I said, what's wrong with this egg? Because yeah. it was so drastically different from anything mm. I'd experienced. And that's great privilege of my upbringing, but it really alerted me to the industrial food system and the way that most people live. And when I was living in New York and I traveled and I worked in fashion for a number of years, my health went on a really steep decline. And yeah. it wasn't until I quit that job and I moved back to Colorado and I worked at a juice bar and I went back to Love school it. and I started interning for all these food companies. And it just became my personal mission to explore not just nutritional health and how we feed ourselves, but how we feed ourselves emotionally, spiritually, mm. communally, and realizing that holistic health is so much more than just what we put on our plates and calories. And it became my personal mission because I saw how drastically it impacted my life to 
help create more of that in the world. Yeah, I love that so much. We're both huge fans of regenerative agriculture, and I love what you're doing with Regen Circles. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how you decided to create this new company? Yeah, you know, it was a moment when I realized I wanted to have a bigger impact. I Mm. really sat back and I thought about what do I want to create in this world? And I have a clear calling and vision and passion, but how does my skill set kind of align with that? What are the things that I could actually have the greatest impact that's needed in the world? Mm. And I thought about our media space today as well. And <laughs> as you know, you work in it too, and it's sound bites, and there's a lot of ulterior motivations and oh, yeah. people in not in a bad way, but I think that people are afraid to tell hard truths. It's sometimes challenging and So I really wanted to create a space where we brought art into the conversation. Because I think for me, whenever you bring art into a conversation, it up levels and heals what you're dealing with. And so really Regen Circle is meant to be a space to tell stories, to bring back the art of storytelling as an actual Mm. art and to uncover truths, but in a kind and connective way and to help people to understand nourishment as more than just caloric nourishment, Mm. as more than just macro and micro nutrients, but to understand it holistically embedded within a place, within an ecology, within a community of people. And so it's a very new, it's actually launching in the next week Yeah, and it's a new project and I expect it to, you know, it'll grow and shift and evolve over the years, but it's really a space for that. Yeah, that's so amazing. Okay, so you're launching next week, which means it will be launched, guys. Go check it out when you listen to this. But I want to know, since you're launching, you might already have some stories to tell. What are some of your favorite stories so far that you've gotten? It's starting out as a podcast and as a video podcast. And I've had some amazing people on the show already and many more that I want to interview. And eventually, I think one of the spaces I want to move into is these short documentaries that follow Mm. ingredients, but in a holistic way. And so one of the things I've really wanted to look at is cotton because cotton is one of the most heavily chemically sprayed crops. And because we're not putting it in our mouths, we just spray everything on it, but it's going on our skin and it's affecting the people growing it and it's affecting the soil it's growing in and everything else. And it's getting into our watersheds. And so I have some friends working on some amazing cotton projects, C for climate, which is cotton for climate. There's a lot of brands that are trying to do good work out there. And there's also this whole racial socioeconomic component to Mm, cotton that is really deeply embedded in our history and not talked about and deeply embedded in our agricultural system are really intense racial dynamics that often Mm -hmm. aren't, haven't been brought to the surface. And that's a story that I would love to tell. And if there's any awesome cotton brands out there that want to sponsor some great storytelling there, come my way, but it's things like that. And really maybe going a level deeper yeah. Then we have and really bringing in the people element and the racial component and bringing in mm. the indigenous wisdom that's so often woven through how we are relearning how to steward land in a regenerative way. That's so often how indigenous communities have stewarded land for centuries and we're in this right. process of relearning. And so how can we bring that to the surface in a really beautiful and meaningful way? 
Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for this. A couple of things on cotton specifically. Number one, I've heard that cotton farmers actually have the highest rates of suicide of most farmers. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard that specifically cotton is really hard to grow. It has a lot of market flexibility. And so what you can get at the end product for your cotton can be so much lower than you were expecting to get. And yeah, I've just heard terrible things about raising cotton, which is crazy because it's such an ingredient that we use in so many things. I feel like a lot of our clothes are cotton. And then also too, you know, when you come at things from a holistic side, even with clothing, which might not be the first thing that people like detoxify, right? They're going to start eating cleaner first. People point to have natural fibers in your clothing, right? Have cotton, have wool or, or leather or these things, right? And it's interesting that if it's not an organic cotton, it's maybe not necessarily so great for the planet if it's being so heavily sprayed with all these different things. So it's like good, but only in certain scenarios. And it's, it's a gray area. And even right. organic cotton, like certified organic, yeah. there's a lot of things in organic yeah. that are challenging. When you create a yeah. certification in this boundary, there's a lot of other social issues. They're not necessarily right. improving soil health. And that's not right. to demonize or say, don't do it. It's to say, yeah. how can we educate on a spectrum and yep. get away from if it's not perfect, it's the demon because For the reality sure. is nothing in our food or fiber systems is perfect right now. No. It doesn't exist. Yeah. We're far from it. And so let's stop demonizing one another yep. and let's start to try to make progress on that continuum yep. towards better. And I think that starts with people understanding the truth of what's actually occurring within these systems and the real cost of it. Yeah, I know that's so true. I feel like I'm really focused on connection in every way. And I feel like you are too. And everything's connected. And I feel like one of the harms is that we've really tried to separate things. We take animals out of agriculture. We're just so disconnected in general from where our food comes. Like I saw a video recently of a little boy in a classroom and the teacher's saying, where does your food come from? And he's like, well, I eat hamburgers. And she's like, well, where does your hamburger come from? And he's like McDonald's. And so just not even the knowledge that like my hamburger patty was once a cow, right? Like that disconnection is so vast and so great. And I know you're passionate about this relationship between our own health and the planet's health. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about right? because I think that people think I just can't think about that. I've started shopping organic or I've started mm. doing this and that's like as far as I can go for my family and that's good enough. Mm. And I totally hear that and respect sure. that. And my grocery bill is astronomical, I oh. understand. And I'm working on getting that down. When you shop local, there's actually other ways to do it. And there's some really great insights about how it doesn't always have to be more expensive. And we, we could talk right. about that. But <laughs> To go back to the connection piece, I think that so much, when you look at the number of specifically, I'll just speak to Americans that are depressed yeah. today, that are not just suffering from obesity, but mental health challenges. I think that mm. a lot of that stems from disconnection yeah, and we try to put same. a bandaid over that with consumerism. And, mm. and so we buy more clothes, we buy more branded products, we consume and it's sort of this immediate dopamine hit, but it actually harms the underlying issue that we're looking to fix, which is greater connection. Right. And for me, when I consume a meal and I'm like, oh, the veggies came from my friend's oh, farm that I bought I at the farmer's market. And wow, my friend is a butcher. And I went in with my friends on yeah. 
half of a cow and that went in the freezer and we're defrosting that. And it takes a lot more work and energy, but ultimately the level of nourishment that you receive as an individual being reconnected into your ecosystem, Mm. because that's the thing we've forgotten is that we are animal as well. And animals survive as a part of a connected web Mm. within an ecosystem. And we've removed ourselves from that. And I don't think that we fully understand the emotional, psychological Mm. impacts of that. I think we're seeing them, but we're also disconnected from it that there's no test group, right? There's no group that's necessarily <laughs> sure. like doing it that way. And so there's... I think that, I, I think it's really thinking about it, not just as this is my grocery bill and this mm. is what's going to be healthy calorically and from a macronutrient or chemical level for my family. It's how do I re-embed my family into a community beyond just what the food that we're putting into our mouths? And how do we create more place centric connections and connections Mm. to an ecology that are really going to feed us beyond this sort of superficial level of nourishment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things. Yes. (laughs) Just yes. Yeah. I mean, I especially think, I especially loved like we have become so separated from our ecosystem and we are animals and we don't even really understand that we've put ourselves, I just saw my home as a cage. We've taken ourselves out of nature and put ourselves in these four walls. And so our feet aren't on the ground. And even if I live in a master planned community and they put out the signs, this turf has been sprayed with pesticides. And I'm like, so even if we go out our front door and I'm like, okay, children, let's ground our feet in the ground. It's sprayed with pesticides, which is such a bummer. Yeah, we are so disconnected from nature in so many ways, in so many ways. And then also too, I love talking about soil health and even just hearing about the thousands, millions of microbes in soil and how it's so connected to our gut health. And basically everything's bacteria is the conclusion I've come to. (laughs) Yeah. There's this great book called, I think it's 10% human. And it talks about how, yeah, the majority of us are actually microbes and those feed off of the food that we eat. And that feeds off of what the soil that it was grown in and the connection between the microbiome and mental health. And the other question that I always pose to people on cost is a, there's a couple of great podcasts out there about ounce for ounce, how like ruffled potato chips are 10 times more expensive than regenerative beef. And so it's okay. are, Are we actually, if we were to really focus on that, we could get the cost down. And then the other pieces is like, how much are we spending on healthcare? How much are we spending on prescription medication and how much are we spending on therapy? And I'm a fan of those things when necessary, but if you were to actually add up all those costs and actually think about your food as not just physical health, but mental health, these equations, let alone the health of the planet that we're living on, it starts to change really quickly. It does start to change, especially when you are thinking of the long-term, like when you think about longevity even, and like how long can you stay on this earth? And that's why I always like to, when people gawk at the cost of this or that, I like to think that I'm investing now and that my payout will come later. And maybe it's disease prevention, right? Which like how many people don't want to get diseases, right? None of us want to get diseases. And so I feel like what you put in, you get out. And yeah, it is. It Sometimes you can get the cost down for sure. Also, sometimes it's investing now so you don't have to pay later. 
which yeah, is so important too. Yeah, and there's some too. amazing accounts out there that are awesome moms and families that are yeah. doing organic and regenerative and making amazing meals. And hey, this meal cost $5 a person and I have leftovers and these are right. all ingredients and it's often, yeah. and I'm totally guilty of this too, but it's the fancy snacks and the fancy beverages. Right, and there's so many places. Non-nutrient yeah. dense foods that we all love that are actually what's adding to the grocery bill. For it's sure. not necessarily the- local vegetables or the hundred percent grass-fed meat that is actually what's tallying up what's probably the chips and the alcohol yes, if we're being, if if we're we're being honest, honest. <laughs> and all of the packaged foods like my kids take to school snacks like almonds and blueberries and it really is a cheaper snack than that two dollar granola bar right or that four dollar granola bar or not even granola bar that's not what their friends are eating but like the package snack is can be so expensive versus just like whole real food that's so true so how can we really switch our mindset we're talking about it's so much more than calories in and calories out. And it's so much more than just the specific thing that you're eating when we're talking about holistic health. So how can we really switch our mindsets to look at our food and nourishment as so much more than even just individual nourishment? Hmm. I think it's about incremental change and mm. awareness. And so yeah. whenever someone looks at making a big change in their life, whether they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to wake mm. up earlier or they're trying to, it's about, you don't just go from sleeping until 10 a.m. to waking up at 4.30 a.m. like a Navy SEAL, right? Like yeah. that's not the method for success. You're going to yeah. shock your body. That's not healthy. And so yeah. making incremental changes and then journaling and being aware of it. And so I like to start really simple too and being like, okay, where's my water coming from? We're 80% water and you and I are both drinking water all day long. Yeah. Is there a way that I can get spring water? There's some great resources. I, we could link it. I think it's called find a spring and it yeah. shows where the nearest spring is where you can fill up jugs for free and get um, incredible spring water. That's going to be so much more nourishing than I think Brita filter just went into a big lawsuit because they're not actually accurately filtering the water and there's microplastics in the water. And so, okay, that's one step and it's not to feel guilty, but it's okay. Yeah. Maybe I can transition my water and yeah. try that for a couple of weeks or a month. And then it's okay. The next thing, let's try to shop locally at the farmer's market once sure. per month or make right. a relationship with a local farmer and try to get some of our veggies from there. And if you still are eating Ruffles potato chips, like no judgment here, but you just yeah. changed your water and you just changed your yeah, veggies. Totally. And that's going to start to change your biology yeah. and your mental health. And it it's going to be a cascading effect that's going to drive you towards more of that change. And then yeah. write a journal about how you feel. And there's certain things that make an impact and certain things that don't. Like forever, I was convinced that I needed to be gluten-free. And then I realized it sure. was just the sources of gluten and the amount For of sure. gluten and that yeah. eating some pasta every once in a while doesn't affect my biology. And I was like, oh, cool. And so yes. journal and figure out like what, don't just listen to everything else, listen yeah. to your own intuition and bring sure. back that understanding of our own innate wisdom. And yeah, I would say incremental changes. Yeah awareness and listening to your own innate wisdom are like the three things I would tell people to really focus yeah, on. Yeah, I love that so much. And even you talking about gluten, it's also so important. I feel like we have innate wisdom, right? And we know what will make the biggest impact in our lives. And also you're right that it's not just like nutritional advice for the masses. It's okay, but if you can eat gluten, more power to you. Like there's definitely a phase in my life where I was like, I feel so great being paleo. Everyone needs to be paleo, which is honestly like how my whole brand started. And now I'm like, biodiversity is so important. 
eat as much as you can. <laughs> like if you can eat it, you should eat it. We need to be feeding our microbiome so many different things. So don't just not eat it because someone told you to. If you can eat gluten, please, for me, <laughs> eat gluten. So yeah, that's important yeah. too, is following your own intuition and what feels like will make the biggest impact for you and also make you feel the best. How do you think we can get more people on board with the regenerative movement? Maybe Regen mm. Circle is the answer. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the only answer. They hope it's a part of the solution. Yeah. And yeah, that's something that I brainstorm on the daily. And I think it's interesting. I think that crisis is already Ugh. leading us there. You know, what yeah. we saw in the last couple of years is yes. that the number of people homesteading increased by like 80% or something wow. like that. Wow. like surprised. this. There's this return to the land and, and people yeah. are naturally wanting to connect to it. And so- that gives me hope that it's the times that we're in. We're already seeing that maybe ideally we reached peak disconnection and people are looking yes. to reconnect. And I think it's about increasing the resilience of local food systems and getting people to build those connections locally. I'm also trying to do a decent amount of work with some of these larger food companies that are making yeah. transitions to regenerative agriculture and, and increasing soil health and, and trying to take those incremental steps to improve their practices. And I think that my belief, and this is why I launched a media company, but is that yeah. media is a big component of it. We spend a lot of our times consuming media and in the digital space. And so the more of the airspace that can be taken up with mm. conversations like these and educational resources, I think the more that we're going to start to stem the tide. And there's also a lot of incredible events out there that people yeah. are going to educate themselves, conferences or festivals, community gatherings and organizations that are so important. Farm tours. I always tell everyone, look up your local uh, farm and just go on a farm tour and meet those people and sure. see what they're doing and understand and build that connection. I think that the digital stuff's great, but nothing can replace that in-person connection in nature. I think that actually mm. on a cellular level, yeah. there's this inner knowing that we should be doing more of that and it begins to shift our perspective. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that a lot of these conferences are outside. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, let's be in nature while we're talking about nature, which is so amazing. Yeah, I love that you said, I hope we've reached peak disconnection. And I totally agree. And I remember a moment during COVID when our food systems were near breaking. Like people can't get toilet paper. People can't get an onion, right? And I'm over here trying to write a cookbook and getting grocery delivery and people are giving me parsley instead of cilantro. But anyway, and so I feel like I personally felt that to my core. And that was before I really knew my local farmers and was in this space. And I just had this moment of, I have to know where my food is coming from way more than I already do. And I have to have these relationships because if global pandemic hits, you can't get food. Your farmer is going to start by helping the people that are already buying their pork or beef, or they're going to start with their immediate community. And that was one of my, I know that's very doom and gloom, but that was one of my personal motivations for getting to know my farmers is just creating some a sense of security for myself of the future of our food system the closer you are to the source the safer you'll be in the long run and also i have yeah. a garden so anyway yeah, things yeah. get real when the grocery store shelves are empty oh, it gets yes. real real fast but i think the beautiful thing is people then realize wait this isn't some doom and gloom apocalyptic situation right. like working with my local farmer 
to get my food is actually this beautiful experience. Yes. And once it's set up, it doesn't take that much more time, energy, and money, no. maybe less. Actually, and less so I for think, sure. Yeah. And so I think people like, like, oh, wait, this alternative isn't so bad. I think that's the really yes. beautiful moment is that yes. when you realize that we've been corralled into yeah. <laughs> this system that yes. isn't actually that great. And when we were For forced sure. into an alternative, we realized that the alternative is actually a really great option. Yes. Um, it's so great. And that's so true. Especially like we did a half cow last year and it's been so awesome to just have stuff in my freezer. It really does save me time to have cuts of beef in my freezer. And then also it sparks my creativity for like, oh, I've got some random roast that I don't even know what that is. And so I go online and I'm like, what do you do with the XYZ roast? And so I find recipes based on like kind of what's in my freezer. But yeah, it definitely saved me time. And then also too, that connection with your farmer is so fun. And we have a farmer here who does raw dairy and beef and pork and stuff. And my kids got to go to the farm and meet the cows. And when we get a cow for the freezer, we name our cow, which sounds like like you can't name Wilbur, but we yeah. like thank this cow when we eat. And yeah. there's that connection that I don't think you can get from just like getting ground beef from Kroger. I don't think you can get that from a fully plant-based diet either. I think that there's, and I know you're not an advocate of that, but I think it's right. important to acknowledge that for sure there is no way to avoid death in this life. As humans, a lot of these monocropped systems where the soy and the corn and the wheat that are being produced in a lot of these plant-based products right. are contributing to a greater lack of biodiversity and more yeah. wildlife death. Yeah. Whereas when you're looking at it, you're like, well, a half a cow fed my entire family for X amount of time. And yes. we met that cow and that cow had a beautiful life and right. we, that cow had reached maturity and that yeah. cow had got to nurse its child. Right. And yes, it's sad. And we grieve that and we give thanks for that. And that's such a more connected environment than yeah oh, I'm buying this product because nothing had to die. And the truth oh is gosh. a lot of things had to die. We're just not, it's not in our face. We're yes. not having to face it. Yeah, um, I think that's so true. I love the stats on the all of the bugs that die, but also to all the inputs that were put into that plant-based product and it's ending up in streams and those fish are dying. And yeah, we like to separate things and think that it's just the wheat, right? And there's no death and it's everything, whether it's conventional agriculture, regenerative agriculture, it's a ripple effect, right? You drop the rock in the pond and there's such an effect on the environment. There's always an effect, either positive or negative. Yes, I love everything you're doing. Now that Region Circle is launched, we're claiming it. How can listeners get involved? Where can they go? You'll be able to find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, iTunes. We're also always doing videos. So it will be up on YouTube as well. We will be also sharing a lot of content and educational and inspirational content on social media, on Instagram. So you can find us in all of those places. I'm also on LinkedIn for those that are in the industry and focused yeah. on more like hardcore industry. I want to say hardcore, but more nitty gritty. Yes. Really diving into the weeds. LinkedIn, there's a lot of actually really interesting conversations between food providers and the regenerative cool. ag space happening there. But yeah, I'm excited to start to share the stories and well, our website's launching soon. And we're also yeah. always looking for creative collaborators. And so there'll be a little input form there. And if you want to get involved, submit your photos, submit your videos, submit a piece of writing or yeah. reach out about collaboration. That's something we're really looking forward to as well. Amazing. Okay. So when you're at the end of your life and you're looking back, what does a successful life look like to you? 
Hmm. I've had an interesting relationship with the word success as a, I don't know about you, but as a high achiever child and young adult, I was always striving for success. And over the years that has changed to what is an integrated life. Mm. And so to me, that is success for me is Mm. an integrated life. And that means that I understand the source of everything. And and I, I said to someone, my ultimate goal in life would be to learn how to live in full reciprocity. Mm. And I think we've forgotten what that looks like, but to understand everything that I take and to be in reciprocity Mm. for those things. And I'm, I'm nowhere near it currently, but I think that would be if I could create that kind of life for my family, that would be what success looks like for me. I love it. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show, Paige. I really enjoyed our conversation. Listeners, I hope that you learned so much from this conversation. I especially liked the part where we talked about how our food and nourishment can be so much more than our individual nourishment, and we really need to consider the health of our entire planet as we eat food. And I also hope that you just love the regenerative movement as much as I do, and that you are ready to buy regenerative products get to know your regenerative farmers near you and get involved in this movement one way you can do that is by prioritizing listening to Paige's podcast region circle it is launching any moment now so be sure to check out the show notes to get links to the website the podcast and all of the socials thank you so much for listening and i will see you next week